0: Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day.
1: During holiday travel, some people get delirious. Some get delayed and some get (laughs) Del Griffin American Light and Fixture Director of Sales Shower Curtain Ring Division Neil Page got all three I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family instead I'm in a motel bed with a stranger so
2: instead of Thanksgiving
1: with his family he's spending three days with the turkey two happy clams just whistling down the road Flintstones, meet
3: the Flintstones, they the modern Tony family.
1: Paramount Pictures presents... Well, oh! Steve Martin. Ever been to Hawaii? Yeah. You see Don Ho while you were there? I see the second show, that's the best one. Is that
2: right? Yeah.
1: John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Ah! In a new film by John Hughes, planes, Trains, and Automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, Hello game,
0: Hello game. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles from 1987. The studio was Paramount Pictures. The release date was November 25th, 1987. The running time, 92 minutes, and was rated R. The budget, $15 million and the box office took in $49.5 million, making it the 21st-ranked movie of 1987. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 92% fresh from 60 reviews. Their consensus is, thanks to the impeccable chemistry between Steve Martin and John Candy, as well as a deft mix of humor and heart, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a hilarious, heartfelt holiday classic. Roger Ebert at the time gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars. And here's his review. The letters in the title of planes, trains, and automobiles roar across the screen like a streamliner, and the movie itself has the same confidence. The movie tells the story of two travelers who share a modest wish in life, to fly from LaGuardia to O'Hare on schedule, and it follows, with complete logic, the chain of events that leads him to share a soggy bed in a cheap motel in Wichita, Kansas. The travelers are played by Steve Martin and John Candy. Martin as the fastidious, anal-compulsive snob, and Candy as the big, unkempt shower ring salesman with a weakness for telling long stories without punchlines. Both actors are perfectly cast, not so much because they are physically matched to their roles as because the movie is able to see past their differences to an essential sweetness they share. The film was written and directed by John Hughes, who previously had specialized in high-quality teenage movies, such as Sixteen Candles and The Breakfast Club. One hallmark of Hughes' work is his insistence that the characters have recognizable human qualities. He doesn't work with a cookie cutter. And the teenage roles he wrote for Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, Matthew Broderick, and others help transform Hollywood's idea of what a teenage movie could be. Hughes's comedies always contain a serious undercurrent, attention to some of the universal human dilemma that his screenplay helps to solve. All of which may seem like a million miles away from Steve Martin and John Candy, whom we left on that beer-soaked mattress in Kansas, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a screwball comedy with a heart, and after the laughter is over, the film has generated a lot of good feelings. There are a lot of laughs in this movie. It's a terrific comedy, but it's more than that, because eventually Hughes gives the Martin and Candy characters some genuine depth. We begin to understand the dynamics of their relationship, and to see that although they may be opposites, they have more in common than they know. This is a funny movie but also a surprisingly warm and sweet one. And that's the end of Ebert's review. So uh, if you've listened to any of my episodes, you you know when I was growing up, almost all of John Hughes' films resonated with me immediately. It really didn't matter if it was a teen film like Weird Science or Ferris Bueller, or if it was a film like Mr. Mom or Planes, Drains, and Automobiles. Hughes always found a way to make a wide range of audiences enjoy his films. So it's a movie like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that made me appreciate that I grew up in the 1980s. And sure, this movie could be attempted to be made today, but who are you going to cast? James Franco and Seth Rogen? And, you know, not to knock them, but my point is that none of the popular actors of today could even come close to matching the talents of Steve Martin and John Candy. I bet even Franco and Rogen would admit they're not in the same league as Martin and Candy. Okay, let's get into the main cast. You have Steve Martin, who plays Neil Page. Amazingly, this is the first Steve Martin movie I've covered on the podcast. Definitely won't be the last. Actually, with the exception being, uh, I did mention his cameo in the original Muppet movie from 1979, which I did in episode four, so check that out. If you didn't know, Steve Martin began as a stand-up comedian. He became a superstar in the mid to late 70s from his comedy albums and his appearances on Saturday Night Live. He really transformed stand-up comedy to almost rock star heights. He sold out arenas, not just tiny clubs. His breakout film, and to this day, some feel his funniest movie, was in 1979 with The Jerk. Prior to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, his most notable films were Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid, The Man with Two Brains, All of Me with Lily Tomlin, Three Amigos, and Roxanne. John Candy plays Del Griffith. For Candy, I have covered a number of his 80s films like Splash, Volunteers, and Summer Rental. So between Volunteers and Planes, Candy's most notable films were Armed and Dangerous, which is very funny with Eugene Levy and Meg Ryan, and Spaceballs. The writer and director... John Hughes. I've covered his career plenty already, so let's get into the making of the film. As with many of John Hughes's script ideas, the basis of the plot comes from a disastrous trip that Hughes had, where his flight was diverted to Wichita, Kansas, and he didn't get home to Chicago until five days later. As I've stated in past episodes for John Hughes' movies, he could write incredibly quickly. Now, the reason for this, he said it was because he wanted to know immediately if he liked his idea or not. So, if he only spent a few days or a week on a script and he didn't like it, he could move on quickly to his next idea. He then did 20 or 30 rewrites to fine tune the script, and that process didn't stop until he finally locked down the film with the studio. Hughes always felt that a script was just a blueprint, not something set in stone. This would allow him to make changes on the fly when he was actually filming the movie. Hughes truly was a unique talent that happened very rarely in Hollywood, and this is likely the reason he ended up getting burnt out with the business and simply left. Another brilliant part of John Hughes' scripts is that they are almost always character pieces. He put the most effort of his writing and development into the characters themselves, not the plot. He liked to keep the plot simple, because he felt if people cared about the characters, they would almost go with any sort of plot that he came up with. Both Steve Martin and John Candy loved the script, For Martin, two scenes stuck out the most, the rental car counter and driving in the car with John Candy at night. The chemistry between Martin and Candy was immediate. Martin was very reserved off-camera, where Candy was exactly like he was on camera, jovial and gracious. Martin and Candy are two of the best actors when it comes to comedic timing, and what they achieved in this film shows that immense talent. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins in New York City, two days before Thanksgiving. Neil, played by Steve Martin, is on a business trip and he's wrapping up a a meeting and will be heading back home to Chicago to make his Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Unfortunately, the executive he's meeting with takes his precious time looking at the ad campaign before Neil can finally leave the office and head to the airport. Of course, all the time was wasted because the executive decided to reconvene after the holidays. So, this leads Neil trying to hail down a taxi during rush hour in downtown New York City. Good luck with that. So, in a great cameo, Neil ends up getting in a race with another man in an attempt to hail down the elusive taxi. And this cameo is from none other than Kevin Bacon. Now, Bacon had just finished working with John Hughes on the movie She's Having a Baby, which would be released the next year after Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Bacon asked John Hughes if he had any sort of role even small in his next film and he was immediately cast for planes Neil is no match for Kevin Bacon and his footloose moves and is almost run over by oncoming traffic when he trips in the middle of the Street and the reason Neil tripped was because a giant trunk was sitting in the middle of the sidewalk So Neil then tries to use his cash to get another cab
1: Sir? Hey! Sir, sir Excuse me, I know this is your cab, but I'm desperately late for a plane, and I was wondering if I could appeal to your good nature and ask you to let me have it. I don't have a good nature. Excuse me. Come on! Could I offer you $10 for it? Huh. 20, I'll give you $20 for it. I'd say 50.
0: All right, all right. Anyone who'd pay $50 for a cab,
1: certainly pay 75. Not necessarily. All right, 75. Close. I'm an attorney. Have a happy holiday. This will help. You son of a bitch,
0: is my cab, ow! While Neil was wheeling and dealing, another guy took the opportunity to take the cab Neil was trying to negotiate. Neil races down the street trying to catch up with the quote-unquote stolen cab, and he does. He then flings open the passenger door to find a shocked man not knowing what's going on. Neil tries to get the guy out, but the driver pulls away. Neil does eventually make it to the airport after taking a bus, or at least it seems like a bus or a tram, and his flight leaves in two minutes. When Neil gets to the gate, he finds out the flight has been delayed. In another great cameo from John Hughes' troupe, Ben Stein plays the ticket counter announcer. So while waiting at the gate, Neil notices the guy sitting across from him. And yes, it's the same guy who stole his cab.
1: I know you, don't I? I'm usually very good with names, but I'll be damned if I haven't forgotten yours. You stole my cab. (laughs) I've never stole anything in my life. I hailed a cab on Park Avenue this afternoon, and uh, before I could get in it, you stole it. You're the guy who tried to get my cab! (laughs) I knew I knew you, yeah! You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Come to think of it, it was awful easy to get a cab during rush hour. Forget it. Oh, I can't forget it. I am sorry. I had no idea that was your cab. Let me make it up to you somehow, huh, please? How about a nice hot dog and a beer? Uh, no thanks. Just a hot dog, then. <laughs> kind of picky about what I eat some coffee no milk no soda oh no. some tea no lifesavers no slurpee sir please just let me know I'm here <laughs> I knew I knew you
4: <laughs> this is something you should have discussed with the ticketing
1: I couldn't discuss it with ticket agent because I didn't know he put me in coach
3: I'm sorry I can't help you first class is full
1: I have a first class ticket
3: you have a coach seat assignment Hi, Larry. Hi, Liz. Mm. Uh, Here okay or how about over there? Oh, here, there, anywhere's fine. Pardon me. Save your boarding pass and you'll get a refund on the difference.
1: I don't want a refund. I want a seat in first class where I was booked and ticketed over a month ago. Look, I have had just about enough of you. Now take your seat. Oh, you've had about enough of me. First you delay me, then you bump me. I can't wait to see what happens next. Is this a coincidence or what? (laughs) Have a seat. I never did introduce myself. Del Griffith, American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. I sell shower curtain rings. Best in the world. And you are? Uh, Neil Page. Neil Page, pleased to meet you, Neil Page. So what do you do for a living, Neil Page? Marketing marketing super super fabulous isn't that nice uh look i don't want to be rude but uh i'm not much of a conversationalist and i'd really like to finish this article a friend of mine wrote it so don't let me stand in your way please don't let me stand in your way the last thing i want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth (laughs) you know nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowder head who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut you catch me running off of the mouth, just give me a poke in the chops. Oh, Oh, that feels good. Oh, God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. Oh, <laughs> that feels better. Six bucks and my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago.
0: (laughs) And Dell is correct. Nuts and all. And if you remember the movie Volunteers with Tom Tuttle from Tacoma with Tom Hanks, yeah, Candy plays a similar character like Tom Tuttle on that plane. So Neil is stuck in the middle between a snoring and choking old man who's got his head resting on Neil and Dell is the type of guy who needs to take off his shoes and socks on the plane. Ugh. The plane is diverted to Wichita, Kansas, and the next conundrum is trying to find a place to stay for the night. All the hotels are booked, but Dell knows of a place to stay at, as one of his clients was a hotel in Wichita. Dell actually sells shower curtain rings. So instead of sleeping at the airport, Neil hesitantly agrees to accept Dell's kind offer. Neil also finds out that the trunk he tripped over in New York City. Belong to Dell, of course.
1: Evening, Gus. Dell Griffith, how the hell are you? Well, I'm still a million bucks shy of being a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Gus, I want you to meet an old friend of mine. This is Neil Page. Neil Gus Mooney. Glad to meet you, Nick. Nice to meet you. Gus, I told my friend here uh, you'd be able to fix him up with a room for tonight.
3: You have a major credit card?
1: you still honor those uh, discount credit cards for the rooms? Yeah, well, I'll have to charge you for a double, but uh, with a discount, it'll come out even. Well, there you go, that's pretty good. We're saving money already. We're a pretty good team. We were on our way to Chicago from New York and the storm brought us here. I know all about it. I must have half your flight booked in already.
0: Well, I guess you're all fixed. So, uh there you are. Last room in the complex.
1: You I mean, sh- share? Hey, easy on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a great cab ride. Yeah. Uh, you don't see cabs like that too often, you know. Uh... You want to take a shower? No. No, I meant if you want to go first or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you thought I, no, go oh, ahead. Oh, I would? <laughs> what well, do you think I am? Yeah, no. God, no. Uh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny. Come
2: on, don't, 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 do roller to wear a not don't, don't, a not do a nice haircut.
3: Okay, you're the doctor. I told you I'm not a doctor. You are an expression like you're the boss.
0: So Neil takes a shower and by the way in the last clip with the desk clerk both Neil and Dell had the same type of credit card and the clerk accidentally swapped the cards therefore Neil has Dell's card and vice versa and by the way there's only one bed in the room. Neil's shower goes as well as to be expected if you compare it to his day. The water shots off when he has soap in his eyes when it comes back on well it's scalding hot. When he finishes the shower, he finds that the bathroom sink is a complete mess, as Dell has used every towel available and scattered all of his toiletries everywhere. Neil has to dry off with a tiny washcloth. Next, the two attempt to share a twin bed, which isn't easy as Dell is much larger than Neil. In the meantime, Neil's wife is wondering when, when Neil will make it home.
1: pillows with you, but I'm allergic to sponge. i got a bad allergy to it. i would be sneezing all night with that thing. That's why I carry my own pillow. It's hyperallergenic. <clears throat> I had no idea those beer cans were going to blow like that. You left them on a vibrating bed. What did you think was going to happen? It's been a long day. It just, it just didn't occur to me didn't occur to you so i have to sleep in a puddle of beer you want to switch no i just want to sleep me too i am bushed good night good night
3: out of there very shortly.
1: clear my sinuses. I'll snore all night. Gee, if your kid spills his milk, what do you do, slap him in the head? What? 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 What is that supposed to mean? You're not a very tolerant person. Look, you've been under my skin since New York, starting with ripping off my cab. God, you're a tight ass. How'd you like a mouthful of teeth? Oh, and hostile, too. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. That's borderline criminal. Screw you. You spilled beer all over the bed. You smoke. You, you, you mess up the bathroom. Well, Who let you stay in the room? I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel like an intruder, which you most certainly are. Oh, oh I'm an intruder. Yes, you're an intruder. I was having a perfectly nice trip until you walked into my life. I walked into your life. Who was that who talked my ear off on the plane? Who was that? I'm curious. Well, who told you to book a room? I did, out of the goodness of my dumb old heart. Boy, you're an ungrateful jackass. Well, go ahead, sleep in the lobby, see if I care. I hope you wake up so stiff you can't even move. You're no saint. You got a free cab, you got a free room, and someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue, like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it? You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are that are funny or or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li- I'd like you to meet Dell Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. I I, I could tolerate any any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith, I can take anything. You know what they'd say? They'd say, I know what you mean, shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Ah, 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 ah. And by the way, you know, when when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me my customers like me because I'm the real article what you see is what you get
0: that last scene is so well played between Martin and Candy Martin's timing on his diatribe is perfect while John Candy's facial expressions of being truly hurt by what Martin is saying is just fabulous acting it's really a standout scene in the film and there's many standout scenes So after Dell defends himself, Neil feels terrible about what he said, and he stays in the room. Also, to make the night go even worse, a burglar breaks into their room and steals their cash from their wallets. The next morning, we get this priceless scene.
1: You're holding my hand. Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows! See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a uh, game. game. Bears got a great team this year. Oh. They're gonna go all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah! socks of the sink if you're gonna brush
0: your teeth all right <laughs> so neil dried his face with Dell's dirty underwear as the underwear was the closest thing that neil grabs with his eyes closed after that wake-up call neil and Dell have breakfast at a diner and neil calls his wife
1: where are you i'm in wichita
0: you're still at the airport
1: no i'm at a motel i spent the night with this guy i met on the plane
3: you shared a motel room with a stranger are you crazy
1: not yet, but I'm getting there. Did you call the airline? Everything's booked solid, but they said I have a good chance of getting on standby. And if they told you Wolverines would make good house pets, would you believe them? I'm not spending Thanksgiving in Wichita. I've got a family waiting for me. I'll get home. Not hmm. right by airplane. I got 18 hours of air traffic backed up. Any way you slice it, the odds are we're going to be having our turkey roll right here. If we wait for the flight. How the hell else can we get on? Thanks, Bert Dingman, a buddy of mine. He works for the railroad. Train? Yeah, I sold them all their uh, shower curtain rings. He owes me a favor. I'll get that. Pay for everything else. Why break precedent? You're making me feel like a freeloader. Get me on the train. We're square. Got it. That's the easy part. what you know goddamn well what i'm sorry i don't i had over seven hundred dollars in here i didn't touch your dough neal a lot of things but i'm not a thief you went into my stuff last night right i didn't take your money and i don't care for the accusation well i had over seven hundred dollars in here and you went into my wallet for pizza just maybe when you went into it you had to count it Oh, like you keep it in there if you stole it. There's $263 in there. If there's a dollar more, then you can call me a thief. Just count it. Count it. $263, right? Empty. What? Right.
0: We were robbed. Do you think so? Luckily, uh, the thief didn't take their credit cards, and Dell arranges for a friend to pick them up in what turns out to be another hilarious scene. Now, I'm going to play the scene, but it's more visually hilarious, as the facial expressions Owen makes while making these ungodly snorting noises, it's just priceless. Anyway, in freezing temperatures, Dell and Neil have to sit in the back of a pickup all the way to the train station.
1: What kind of plastic you carry? We've got a Visa and a gasoline card. Well, I've got a Neiman Marcus card in case we want to buy a gift for someone. What have you got? Chalmers Big and Tall Men's shop. It's a seven-outlet chain in the Pacific Northwest. Great stuff. Unfortunately, it does us no good here. Oh, never mind. Just get me to the train station and I'll take care of everything else. Oh, I got that all covered. Gus's son's gonna pick us up. This is not him, is it? Gee, I hope not. Gus's son? I'm Owen. (coughs) You the shower curtain fella? Yeah. Yeah, Del Griffith. How are you? This is Neil Page from Chicago. Hi. Pleased to meet you both. (coughs) I'm to drive you to Wichita to catch a train? Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Train don't run out of Wichita. Mm? Unless you're a hog or a cattle. <coughs> People train runs out of st- Stub, Bill. That'll be fine. That'll be, That'll very... be just fine. <laughs> now leave it be. Get your lazy behind out here and put that trunk up in the back. Oh no, no, the work we've got it. It's very heavy. She don't mind. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby, come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. Isn't that something? You're a real trooper. We've got it, we've got it already, it's done. (laughs) You know, Starfield's a little further than Wichita. How much further? 30 miles, maybe 40. No more than 45 though. Depending on which way he goes. If he goes the back roads, it could be anywhere up to 70 miles. In the glove. In the glove! Ow! Just nipped A little part. Give him the goddamn glove! Are we there yet? No, little way to go
0: yet. So John Hughes was not satisfied with that Owen scene uh, after several takes, and he privately instructed Dylan Baker, who was who played Owen. To wipe spit in his right hand just before shaking hands with Neil. Now, Steve Martin was not expecting this. Thus, his disgusted reaction to shaking Dylan Baker's saliva-slathered hand was genuine. The film crew reportedly exploded in laughter as Martin ran off to wash his hands immediately following the encounter. And Hughes got the reaction he needed, and the footage is kept in the film. So remember that when you watch. So Dylan Baker created the Owen character himself. The snorts, the facial tics, and the twisted expressions were all his own making. And then Lily Newcomb, who played his silent wife, said it was extremely difficult to keep a straight face while filming the scene with him. So the guys make their train, and Neil buys Dell a ticket in a separate section of the train. And things finally seem to be progressing, and Neil gets some time away from Dell. Of course, this would be a boring movie if the train didn't break down, which of course it does. The train is stopped outside of Jefferson City, Missouri. Neil sees Dell alone, trying to carry his trunk, and decides to help him out. It's now time to take a bus, and that's always an adventure. We also see how Dell is definitely a man of the people compared to Neil. Also, we get a nice montage of Dell working his sales magic as he hawks shower curtains as designer earrings.
1: You're in a pretty lousy mood, huh? To say the least... You ever traveled by bus before? Rosewood, Goldberg, St. Louis. To board in five Your mood's probably not going to improve much. <laughs> Probably as good a time as any to tell you this. Our tickets are only good to St. Louis. St. Louis, the shot down, is tighter than Tom Thumb's ass. Look, it's Thanksgiving. All right! All right! Who knows a tune here? Who wants to sing a tune? Who's got a song? I got one. Uh, you got one! Neil Page has got one! Three coins in a fountain, each one seeking happiness. You know this, seeking happiness. Thrown by three hopeful lovers, no. <laughs> Flintstones, Flintstones meet the Flintstones, they're the modern family. From the town of Bedrock, they're a page right out of here. You're with the Flintstones. have never do
3: time. I never
1: do time. You'll have a KO time! How do you do, man? My name is Del Griffith. I'm with the American Light and Fixture Company, Jewelry Division, and I've got the deal of a lifetime for you. Do you have a minute? This is your Diane Sawyer autographed earring. You ever watch 60 Minutes? Thanks. This is Czechoslovakian Ivory. That's, it's, five dollars. Great. This is your Walter Cronkite Moon Ring. Thank you. They are filled with helium, so they're very light. Thank you. This is an autographed Daryl Strawberry earring. All right. These are very special earrings, by the way. These were originally handcrafted for the Grand Wizard of China back in the fourth century. Now these of course aren't the originals, but they are replicas, very good replicas too. They're selling for $5 a pair, two for $7. For
3: the now, for
0: this Thanksgiving Day. I'm Marty Page and I'm thankful that my dad's coming home for Thanksgiving.
1: You know something? It makes you look a little older, too. I mean, not just a little bit. You could pass for 18 or 19. Did you call the wife? No one was home. Probably at my daughter's Thanksgiving pageant. Mmm. You missed him. I'm sorry. Those... Those are the precious moments, too. They don't come back again. I've been spending too much time away from home. I haven't been home in years. What, seriously? No, it's a figure of speech. You know, I'm on the road so much. It's like not being there. Yeah. By the way, I called a good friend of mine at Eastern Airlines. Doesn't look good. I know. I called all the airlines. (sighs) Well, at least we're still sitting on over a 100 beans from my brilliant idea. Terrific sales. You know, uh, I've been thinking that uh, when we put our heads together, you know, we've really, we've really gotten nowhere. And, uh, you know, I think I'm holding you up. Oh, no, don't say that about yourself. That's not true, Neil. It really isn't true. No, I really think we'd get to where we're going a lot faster if uh, we were alone, Okay. Okay. I see. I think uh I'm just going to take care of this, and I think I'm going to get going. I appreciate uh, yeah. that. Yeah, that's fine. That's You know, yeah. it's just harder for two people to uh, yeah. travel, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Sure it is. And if you got reservations? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. <sighs> Thanks for the mail. Yeah, okay, that's all right. And uh, I think I arranged some of this to... Uh, no, 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 thing. no, uh, no, no. Del, yeah, no, I told I you, I do cut, not, I do all right? not this feel like taking of your money, Take, take the money. Buy your kids a chocolate turkey or something like that. I don't want the money, okay? I'm just going to leave it there. i got enough for my kids. Then leave it you want to leave it fine that's okay I, I, I'm done okay I've got to get going now so if you'll excuse me uh, I got things to do uh, so uh, good luck to you and uh, I hope you get home soon see yeah sure you will
0: Again, Neil and Dell depart awkwardly. Neil then tries to pick up his rent a car, and we get another memorable scene as Neil goes absolutely insane on a desk clerk about the whereabouts of his reserve car, which is nowhere to be found.
3: <laughs> oh, Jean Marie, you're a stitch.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, Mom's gonna do the turkey. <laughs> yeah, Dad wants ambrosia, so I guess we gotta get those miniature marshmallows. And I'll do the crescent rolls, and you do the
3: cranberries. You
4: know I can't cook. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> yeah. Well I'll see you tomorrow then. Gobble gobble. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: bye
4: <bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you?
1: Start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me.
4: May I see your
3: rental agreement?
1: I threw it away.
3: Oh boy.
0: Oh boy, what?
3: You're (laughs) fucked.
0: Now, as I've said many times about the best way to use cursing in films, this last scene is the best example of how brilliant script writing goes a long way. Keep in mind, the entire movie up to this point has literally zero swearing in it. It's all saved for that last scene with the great Edie McClure getting the punchline. And again, the reason it's so funny is because if the entire movie had cursing throughout, Steve Martin's tirade would simply just wouldn't be as funny. It was hilarious because it was just unexpected. And that's the key to comedy, the surprise element. Today's screenwriters could learn a lot from this film. Less is definitely more. Comedy writing today is is really so lazy compared to years prior. So Edie McClurg actually added the touch about being on the phone and the gobble-gobble part, (laughs) which is so great because it just fuels the anger of Steve Martin's character. All right, well, it's taxi time again for Neil, and it goes about as well as expected.
3: You're with the wrong guys.
1: Hey 86, wake up, you're gonna block the line. Yeah, where you going? Chicago. Chicago? Chicago. You know you're in St. Louis. Yes, I do. Why don't you try the airlines It's a lot faster and you get a free meal. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. Now, are you going to help me, or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? minute okay get it out of here what is your problem you insensitive asshole can't you see we got an injured man down on the street now i'll move my car but i want you to help him up
2: no my pleasure
1: it's gonna be all right Feeling that when we parted ways somehow someday our paths would cross again are you all right i've never seen a guy get picked up by his testicles before lucky thing for you that cop passed by when he did otherwise you'd be lifting up your schnutz to tie your shoes <laughs> i'm suffering. that's terrible do you have any idea how glad i am i didn't kill you do you have any idea how glad i'd be if you had Oh, come on, pal, you don't mean that. Remember what I said about going with the flow? How am I supposed to go with the flow when the rental car agency leaves me in a hundred-acre parking lot with keys to a car that isn't
4: there, and then I have to hike three miles back to find out they don't have any more cars?
1: I got a car, no sweat at all. Oh, Bill, you're a charm of me. Nope. Oh, I know. You just go with the flow. Like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream.
0: <laughs> yep, Neil just can't shake Dell, even if he wanted to. As usual, the duo end up annoying each other.
1: Please stop doing that with the seat. don't no. you start screwing around with we'll these damn things, you can never get comfortable with. You quit screwing around with it. I gotta get comfortable. Do you have a bad back? Well, I do. When well, it hurts like a bugger, there's only a couple good positions. No. You're going to break it. No. Ah. Good. Good. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely.
3: Ah. No. No.
1: Oh, damn it. What now? I got the seat just where I want it. But I can't reach my feet to get my shoes off. That's just fine. Leave your shoes on. I can't relax if I got my shoes on. I don't care to breathe your foot odor. Leave the shoes on. Gee, it must be swell to be so perfect and odor-free. You know, there's plenty of things about you that bother me, but I'm uh, decent enough not really? to bring them up. Really? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do that bothers you? i just Well, there's lots of things. Uh, name one. Why don't you oh, name there's one? There's quite a few things. You want me to name one? Yeah, fine, man. You play with your balls a lot. Hmm. <laughs> do not play with my balls. <laughs> Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one night as you do in an hour. Are you trying to start a fight? No, I'm simply stating a fact. That's all. You fidget with your nuts a lot. You know what would make me happy? Got a couple balls and an extra set of fingers? <laughs> oh, that's humor. Oh, that's 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 real humor. What would make me happy is if you give your mouth a rest. My pleasure. I'd like a little silence. No drive. problem. Well, thank you
0: very much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Dell is messing around with the passenger seat and ended up breaking the motor, and now Neil is stuck with a crazy moving seat. Speaking of messing around, we get one of the best uses of a Ray Charles song in a film, as John Candy plays every instrument while driving. The song, of course, is Mess Around. He's air-playing, that is, and driving poorly in the process.
3: Oh, you can talk about the pit, barbecue, the band was jumping, the people too. I around. Mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. Now, uh, when I say stop, don't you move a peep. When I say go, just uh, shake your leg and do the mess around. I declare, do the.
1: Outside, the weather's beginning
0: to clear up now. After lip syncing to Ray Charles, Dell gets his jacket sleeve caught in his seat, which means he has only one arm on the steering wheel until the other sleeve gets caught. Instead of trying to, you know, pull over like a rational person, Dell steers with his thighs at full speed. The car ends up spinning out, and Neil sleeps through the whole thing. Well, after spinning out, Dell doesn't realize that when he returns to driving, he's on the wrong side of the freeway.
1: wants to race.
0: Sarah! Don't race, that's ridiculous.
1: Alright, come on, let's go, let's go. Put your window down! He wants something. Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going
3: the wrong way!
1: What? You're going the wrong way! He said we're going the wrong way! Oh, he's drunk! How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you! Thanks a lot! Terrific! Thank you! (laughs) What a moron!
3: You're going in the wrong
1: direction!
3: You're going to kill somebody! WE'RE GOING THE WRONG WAY! What? Why?
0: Again, John Candy's facial expressions when the couple is trying to inform him that he's on the wrong side of the highway—they're priceless. Because he's acting like he's drunk by mimicking that he's drinking out of a bottle. <laughs> so Dell pulls over to assess the damage. And, and by the way, I forgot to mention: before Dell had the problem with his coat getting caught in the seat, he threw a lit cigarette out the window, but it didn't end up on the road. It actually landed in the back seat of the car and was slowly burning there.
1: This isn't so bad. I... Yeah, I thought it'd be a lot worse than this. They'll be able to buff this out no problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, that was close. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. We're all right, you know. <laughs> the whole. Uh... Maybe we should just get my stuff off the road, huh? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a good idea.
3: Oh, my back! Oh, God! Oh,
1: oh. I'm gonna down What? What? <laughs> you finally did it to yourself. Huh? <laughs> I mean, good luck turning the car. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna be happy as pigs and to see you. <laughs> You rent the thing anyway without a credit card. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't. I mean, how could you do it? Oh, I gave this gal behind the counter a set of shower curtain rings. <laughs> you can't run a car with shower curtain rings, though. Well, uh, somehow your, uh, diner's club card wound up in my wallet, and I, uh, just... You stole it! Not exactly! You stole oh, no, it! No, I stole my life! I, knew I you stole I did not you stole it. steal your my card. card! And then you in the car? And then you burned it up! I did not! <clears throat> I found it in my I wallet! I knew you stole it! I thought I... you put it there! Why would I put it there? Kindness? Kindness? kindness you stole it he stole it no i didn't no i didn't i I was going to send it back to you with whatever the rental car charge was plus interest but you didn't give me your address what was i supposed to do you just ditched me i had no money i had no cards i had nothing give it back i can't why not because because why because when we stopped the gas up I put the card back in your wallet. Are you mad at me?
0: So Neil couldn't take it anymore, and he punched Dell in the stomach before tripping over the trunk again. All right, there's about 20 minutes left and there's plenty more ins- insanity that it incurs. We also learned a bit more about Dell and the ending is really well done and it's it's very heartwarming. You know, the the pairing of Steve Martin and John Candy together was just simply perfect. It was just a snapshot in time and it's a shame the two couldn't have done more films together. They were almost like a modern Laurel and Hardy, the way they played off one another. And with almost all of John Hughes's films They are all incredibly funny, but also had some great warmth and heart to them. And Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is no different. Also, much like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, there's a great quick uh, after-credits scene you'll want to check out. There was also a great deleted scene where Martin and Candy are on the airplane in the beginning that I'll play for you now. and You can actually find it on YouTube or the Blu-ray version.
1: I'll be right with you. I'll be right with you. All right, listen up, everybody!
3: If you all don't quit asking me for stuff, nobody's getting a thing!
1: order a special meal Mm. on this airline I go with a seafood salad on American I'll have their uh, kosher plate little slices salami some roast beef some turkey dark rye bread very nice now if I'm flying United I'll say I'm a youngster and can eat a kitty plate that's a hot dog bag of potato chips a gherkin a nice little bag of Oreo cookies, mmm. What do you think this is? Ooh. well, about seven hours ago that was lasagna. But with all the delays, I heat it, reheat it, reheat it again until, uh, well, it looks like that. I had a friend once, who worked in the kitchens here, you know, preparing the food. She lopped the top of her finger off slicing carrots one night. She looked in the pot, she looked for it, and looked for it, never could find it. She thinks it was served on the Singapore run. Wouldn't that something? Do you believe that, that they would do that? Look. If you would like not to proceed with that, I'd gladly take it off your hands. Go ahead thanks how about your bun no uh, it's too hard sir no sir excuse me would you like a bun yeah it's fine the flag's fun no no no. would you like the bun yeah what's that I'm offering you a bun speak up you want the bun no I just got started he said do you want the bun oh yes thank you (laughs) there (laughs) There you go How about another salad? No, 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 no. Take this salad. He doesn't want any. He's not hungry. Some salad dressing. I'd like the brownie. The brownie? Sure. I'd like that. You want the brownie? He won't give you the brownie. He's got a sweet tooth. (laughs) Isn't he a nice fella? Hmm? guess you're not going to want your brownie now no mind would you like half oh would you certainly there you go the big side
0: (laughs) so what you can't tell uh from the last clip is why the Brownie is no longer wanted by Steve Martin. It's that the woman with very long hair in the seat in front of him had flipped it over her chair onto his plate, getting all over his food. <laughs> all right, some fun facts. The film, of course, would have received a PG-13 rating. But, of course, Steve Martin's tirade at the rent-a-car counter made this an R-rated film, and it's worth it. John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks for the role of Neil Page, and then John Travolta for the role of Dell Griffith. Hanks was actually unavailable because he was busy shooting big, And the Paramount executives did not want Travolta in the movie because, well, back then he was considered box office poison. So Jerry Ryan, who would go on to success with Star Trek Voyager, she was actually cast as an extra in the bus scene, but her part was cut from the final release. So John Hughes decided to dismiss the 19-year-old Ryan after several takes because she couldn't stop laughing at Martin and Candy's antics. And Ryan had no lines in the scene, but her uncontrolled laughter became too much of a distraction. So after Ryan left, Hughes just reshot the scene without her. Elton John and lyricist Gary Osborne were hired to compose the theme song for the film, and they nearly had completed writing it when just two days before they were going to record it, Paramount Pictures issued a last-minute demand that the original song master become property of the studio. So, Elton John's recording company, Polygram, would not allow this because he was under uh, contractual obligation to give Polygram the rights to all of his released music. So, Paramount and Polygram couldn't reach a deal, and both composers just withdrew from the project. Paramount instead opted to license Paul Young's Every Time You Go Away as the movie's theme song. And Elton John's original theme song that he written with Gary Osborne, it was never recorded, which is interesting. All right, we have special guest, Stephen Michael, from the Grown Up Rock podcast, which is a great podcast. We've had him on the show many times. He's a good friend and always has something funny to talk about. So let's talk to Stephen. And we also have the always hilarious Sarah, who will discuss planes, trains, and automobiles. And I'll be back next week for yet another random movie
2: from my DVD collection.
0: All right, we're back with Stephen Michael from the Grown Up Rock podcast. Welcome back, Stephen.
2: Thank you, Brian Davis. I appreciate you having me on. Now sell me sell me some uh, curtain rods, would you?
0: That's Well, yeah. I mean, do you have a pier steer you can use as an earring? You can use a bracelet, all, fun stuff, you know, all types of fun stuff. Before we actually get into the movie, uh, I have to ask, what is the worst trip you've been on? Or give me a few because you, you do travel a bit and you have throughout your life.
2: I I have, and I was trying to think about this the other day because I I kind of thought maybe you might ask something like that. But to be honest, I really have not had any major issues. I will tell you this. So back in my touring days, Mm -hmm. uh, we were in the UK in Europe for approximately a month. And doing various tours in Europe. And on the last couple of days of the tour, I got severely sick, like mm. super sick. And we finished up uh, in a place in England, in London. And I was due to, uh, I had an early morning flight the next morning out, uh, that was direct to Miami, mm-hmm. uh, from London. I remember having to get on that plane and just, I mean, I was super sick. Like I was, I when I got on the plane, uh, I asked the stewardess, I said, are, are you sold out? She said, no. I said, look, I'm, I'm super sick. Can I, can you put me in a a place where I can maybe try to lay down or something? And, uh, they were able to accommodate me. So I was able to lay across a couple of seats for Mm. the 10 hour flight back. I just remember calling ahead to my friend going, dude, you got to pick me up at the airport. home. I'm like sick. So that was probably the worst trip I can ever remember. But as far as like delays and Mm -hmm. cancellations and stuff, I I mean, I've had some delays where the flight's been delayed for several hours, but nothing like crazy. I, I remember I was flying home for Christmas one year and my flight was due to leave at like, Four o'clock in the afternoon and I would have been home by like five because it was like an hour, hour and a half flight or something like that. And I didn't end up getting in until like one o'clock in the morning. Right. Right. uh, I've had situations like that, basically
0: that you've lucked out. So hopefully I don't jinx it, uh, do <laughs> continue to travel. Uh, yeah. what would be your preferred method? I mean, granted, I mean, you can't take an auto overseas, but if you're going to fly around the, or if you're going to go
2: travel around the U S would you prefer a plane train or auto? Uh, no, I always like planes. I, okay. I, uh, I've, I've done enough traveling by auto van and bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that there's a lot to be said about it. It's a great way to see the, uh, the United States. Uh, so maybe it's something I would do again when I'm older, get that RV and travel <laughs> around. But, uh, I like to get to where I'm going as fast as possible. And, and the way to do that is by plane. And sure. I, and I don't have any basis on trains cause I'm, I've huh. never really taken a train anywhere. Oh, Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not really, uh, you know. I think maybe for our
0: parents that was more of a an option. I don't think people almost do it for fun now. I think if they're gonna if they're gonna do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I think it is a thing. I just don't know much about it. Like I know <laughs> you can get on a Amtrak and some of the uh, living quarters are really nice, and people see yeah. the the U.S. that way. But I don't know much about it.
0: Right, right. Um, so going back to the film, this came out uh, in eighties. 87, I want to say 87 yeah that's right
2: 87 okay yep. um so did you see this in the theater or was it a rental uh this one I'm going to say I saw in the theater because one I was a big John Hughes fan at yeah. the time and time frame wise this would have been uh after I was out of high school so I'm going to say that this was definitely a Friday or Saturday night movie uh adventure for me and friends or so me and we'll, the girlfriend.
0: We'll get into your favorite Hughes movie in a bit, but, um, was it also, was it mainly because of John Hughes or were you also just a big fan of Steve Martin and, and John Candy?
2: Oh, I liked it all. And I'm guessing that the trailer was pretty damn funny. So I was like, that looks entertaining. I'm going to go see that. Sure. Sure. So what, what's your favorite John Hughes movie? And it could be the ones he, he wrote too, because I mean, he wrote, you know, Mr.
0: Mom and vacation and, and things like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, John Hughes has done so many movies that I love, but I have a um I think I have like a, a three disc box set or something of John Hughes movies that contains mm-hmm. 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, and Weird Science. Okay. Um, and so my comment to you would be pick one because okay. <laughs> I love them all. I, I, I think overall the one that was most important in my youth was probably breakfast club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and his
0: first, uh, I believe his first, no 16 candles, I think was the first directed one that he did. Uh, Martin and candy for me were the perfect pairing. Um, w- w- what, say you, and if they weren't, who, who else would you have picked, uh, in their place?
2: Well, I've never really thought about it, but the comedic genius of John Candy is just so, so underappreciated. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of times, I mean, we know Steve Martin is just crazy. Steve Martin was probably the Robin Williams of his time. Uh, but I, you know, I love them both. It's a perfect pairing and, and, You know, hindsight 2020, it'd be hard to say who would be a better pairing just because you've come to you've come to associate them with this movie. Right. Uh, So it's so perfect.
0: Well, and then uh, because I just read up, this isn't going to happen anymore for obvious reasons. Uh, In 2020, they were talking about making a remake because Hollywood's out of ideas. And they were going to pair Kevin Hart and Will Smith. (laughs) as the two, uh, that's obviously not going to happen anymore, but that just goes to show. I mean, like, look, I, I like Kevin Harden at the time. Will Smith probably was a good idea, but, uh, I, I just don't think they match Candy and, and Steve
2: Martin. Oh, if, if Hollywood's smart now, they'll throw a bunch of money at it and get Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock <laughs> to do a remake of it. That's right. It's some sort of battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the tickets they would sell to that?
0: Well, it'll be interesting kind of go off a tangent here. If Will Smith's re- career recovers from this, I, I think it probably will. He may it may take a few years, but uh, the way people forget with things,
2: it just. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely forget. Yeah. Uh, Are you more of a, a Neil or a Dell? Uh, I'm definitely more of a Neil. I would like to think that I'm Adele, uh, because I think out of the two, the, the, the funnier, but, uh, unfortunately I think I just have too much obsessive compulsive behavior to not be a Neil. So I'm very, uh, I'm just a little bit too exact, I guess is my, my point. So when you're going on a trip, are you the one that's constantly planning out things or, or is that, uh, is that something uh, else? No, hundred percent. Jen will mm-hmm. tell you I'm the, I am the organizer and the planner for our family. <laughs> uh, I, 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 there's so much, uh, there's so much project manager in me that I account for things that might go wrong and things that could go wrong and will go wrong. And I, I'm just, I, I plan, plan, plan. Uh, and that's me because, uh, I rest easier when everything's planned out. And if I rest easier, it just means I'm going to have a better time. That's sure. That makes sense. And to kind of go back to what
0: originally some people were thinking about casting instead of Martin and Candy, it was considered that Tom Hanks was going to play Neil and John Travolta played Dell, And I could maybe see Tom Hanks,
2: not John Travolta and Dell. Yeah, I maybe could see Tom Hanks as Neil, but not, no. No, yeah. and I bet if I thought hard enough, I could come up with a, a great pairing of two people uh, to play those roles. But I would need some time to think about well, it. Well, actually, I
0: think. you kind of brought him up. I think Robin Williams almost could do the Dell because he's zany enough and kind of that friendly manic energy where
2: it almost might work. I think he might actually be a better Neil than mm-hmm. Dell. Oh, that's think, a good point. Yeah, I think with Dell, I think you – Oh God! I, you know who, who? You know who could probably play Dell? I bet Sinbad could play Dell.
0: Oh, there you go. That's not bad.
2: Yeah. Um, Sinbad could play Dell. I'll tell you who else could play Dell, and I'm not. I don't know his name, and I'm gonna try and think of a movie that he was in. He was in Boogie Nights. I know that, but it's the um. The oh, la- I the Latin guy who's sort of heavy set, but Louis um, Guzman. It's Louis Guzman. That guy. He's got a good comic sense about him. Uh and I think he could probably play Dell. hmm hmm And um there was another guy, there was another guy
0: in Boogie Nights as well. He was a he's no longer alive, but uh, see Philip Seymour Hoffman,
2: he may be too dark. Yeah. Um I think John C. Riley could have maybe done it. Uh, John C. Raleigh could have done that. Yeah, I would see that. I could see that for sure. Yeah, you could almost pair him with Will Ferrell, but you'd have to straight lace Will Ferrell a bit. Which is hard to do.
0: Which is exactly hard to do. And and right now, you think of them, you think of Talladega Nights, so that might yeah. be too much. This film, you would never guess, but it's actually rated R and for one scene. And for <laughs> me, I always use this scene as an example of why less is more the entire the entire film is pretty much clean. It's it's almost wholesome. I mean, there are some funny scenes and some you know biting comedy, but there's no real vulgarity until the one checkout counter scene. And for <laughs> me, that's a lesson in filmmaking. You don't have to drop f bombs and, and have vulgar language the entire time. You can pick your moments, and then it's super funny. If this whole film had been f bombs, that scene means nothing. So, what are some of your favorite scenes? And specifically, how did you feel about that scene?
2: That is my favorite scene, bar none, in the entire movie. There are so many great scenes. That one, bar none, is definitely one of my favorite scenes, mainly because it's delivered by her. Yes. Uh, And it's just so perfect because every one of us has been there at one point or another, like been on the brink of something just not going our way and just... You're fed up with the with the um, shitty service yes. of of whatever's happening at the time, and for me, everything that's going on that leads up to that, so <laughs> all the shit that goes on, and then her nonchalant performance of uh, you know you don't matter, that kind of thing happens more so nowadays than it ever did back then. But yeah, just you get that person that just is collecting a paycheck. They don't give a shit. And you know, because they don't give a shit, all of your shit has (laughs) gone to hell in a handbasket and you've had it and you, you lose it. (laughs) And, and, I mean, that seems great. My other favorite scene, and it probably ha- it has to be my uh, second favorite scene, is when they're going down the damn interstate the wrong way, and those, <laughs> and those people are like, you're going the wrong way. Oh, how do they know which way I'm going? <laughs> 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 that shit made me laugh so hard and still makes me laugh to this day. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, and then John Candy's, like, kind of uh, mimicking, like, he's drinking, like,
0: he's drunk, like, because yeah.
2: they're, they're the idiots, not me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that whole thing. I actually use that from time to time my, myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that
2: <laughs> – I remember my dad, like, along the same lines with
0: the – in the car – he loved the use of the Ray Charles song, Mess Around, when he's kind of, when Dell's, or uh, Neil's basically sleeping and, and Dell's like acting like he's playing the piano on the dashboard and everything. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, going back, going back to the, the checkout counter scene uh, with Edie McClure, she kind of ad-libbed a lot of that stuff, like the whole gobble-gobble. Uh, she's talking to her, her friend and she's impersonating like a, a turkey. And then she's, uh, you know, she takes the pen out of her, you know, and she's like scratching her head with it.
2: I mean, she's brilliant in that scene. But it's so subtle. Yeah. I mean, and she's, she's perfect, right? She was perfect in Ferris Bueller. And oh she's yeah. Perfect in that scene. She's the perfect character actress for those types of movies that, uh, that he did, uh, was John Hughes was, was, uh, Ferris Bueller also a John Hughes movie. Yes, it was. Yes, it oh, was. Oh God, I left that out. That that's probably one of my favorites as well. Both it, of those, but exactly, which was always my uh, go-to. If you were sick, that was the movie I'd watch as a kid because yeah. it was just perfect. It always made me feel better. I uh, watched that uh, not too long ago too. Just uh, it sucked me in. I ended up watching the whole movie, and I was just like, God, oh, this is such a good movie.
0: It is. It
2: just uh, and it just gets better and better. I don't. It, it never lets up. I think it
0: it holds up as well as any of his movies. Uh kind of a spoiler, uh, but we'll get into it. Did you catch on to why Dell is how he is and uh from the fir- first viewing that is? I mean, now you obviously know why, but uh when you first watched it, were you like, huh, okay, now now Dell kind of makes sense?
2: Uh well it's been a little while since I've seen this movie because this is not a movie that I watched really recently. Okay. Uh, so you'll have to remind me, but he goes into a whole diatribe about why he is the way he is, right? Right. And then the ultimate outcome. of why he doesn't um why he doesn't actually go home. Um because his wife either left him or he's uh or she died, right? She died. She died. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Uh yeah, I I I, uh I mean I remember that from the multiple times I've watched this movie, which is why uh he kind of um Neil sort of has a heart at the end of the movie, right? Right, which is I think why the the film works. I I think you almost had to
0: put that in there. As a kid watching I didn't see it. I just thought he was just happy-go-lucky guy. He was always on the road. I didn't uh, – maybe if I was older watching the movie, it would be more obvious. But for when I first saw it, it, it wasn't obvious to me.
2: Well, I know that I read uh, a couple things on this movie in terms of uh, plot lines where they were going to almost – they were going to almost go two different directions with uh, both Neil and Dell. One was they were going to have a whole subplot uh, regarding, uh, Neil's wife thinking that he was, uh, cheating on her. Right. And and that's why he was, uh, making up excuses as to why he was delayed in getting home. And then the other plot line that, uh, I read was that, uh, they were going to take it, uh, one step further in making Dell just out to be a cheapskate, uh, scumbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Uh, would have totally killed this film. (laughs) Like that's, that would have killed the heart of it. Oh, completely, completely. I mean, in terms of holiday movies, I know a lot of people, they'll go to Christmas story, which for me, Christmas story was a little before my time. So I don't really identify with Christmas story. I think it's, I can watch it today and think it's great. And I understand why everybody loves that movie so much, but that really wasn't it for me. And then, uh, I think the people that are just maybe a little bit uh, younger than me will go to uh, Christmas Vacation, Mm -hmm. and I love that one as well. Love Chevy Chase, love all that stuff. But for me, I really love Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's a perfect holiday movie from my time period, and so I'll make sure that usually I try to watch this every year during the holiday season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really the I think the ultimate Thanksgiving movie at this point because there really aren't that many. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, final thoughts, and uh, I think you kind of you know kind of summed it all up. But yeah. uh, where would you rank this in John Hughes films? I know that's that's super hard, but uh, is this in your top five or is there just too many to to put in your top five?
2: I don't know that it's in my top five. It's definitely in my top ten. Uh, and probably the only reason it's not my top five is really because it is a specific holiday movie. And so oftentimes, you know, I mean, it's very holiday specific. So, uh, I love this movie. I would recommend it to anybody five times over. Uh, in fact, if you haven't seen it, I'd say what's wrong with you. And if you're young, I would drag you, uh, to sit in front of the TV and watch it today because it's just, it's worth it in so many ways. And watch it before you go on a trip too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Gain a little patience and a little understanding for your trip today.
0: That's right. That's right.
2: Thank you so much, Stephen. Appreciate you having
0: me on, Brian. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, Sarah.
4: <sighs> we are here. I wonder if we'll hear my neighbors like banging on the ceiling. That's if I just. About that. <laughs> that I mean, is... not banging, yeah. but like making noise, and that would.
0: Okay, we're going to go off on a tangent here. But <laughs> what is the? Um... What's the worst like tenant movie? Like where you you like neighbor type movie?
4: Oh my gosh! Oh oh,
0: with the annoying Not neighbor. turn. Me. I mean,
4: <laughs> like I've had some doozies. What? The hell? Yeah. Can you?
0: I mean, oh, this kind of goes along I'm with sure. this um, movie because you're you're stuck with someone you wouldn't want to be stuck with. I
4: know that is that's kind of like everyday life.
0: Yeah,
4: it's like having coworkers. I'm like, oh man, you're here again. You show up and you're like, oh, I'm hoping you're not here. But anyway. Yeah. Um, God, I don't even know. I can't think of that. Like a, There's got to be some.
0: But I'm drawing a blank. There was one that... It's not super popular, but John Belushi was in it. It's called Neighbors oh, with Dan it? Aykroyd. It's towards the end of his career, but
4: I know yeah. there's like some good ones. Well, I'm the Burbs. the Burbs. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. that one was good. Then there, there was one I'm going to think of it later. Yeah. And right after you leave, is of course.
0: So. All right. So part of this is you haven't seen this movie in a while, but you you always have something to talk about, which is always entertaining. <laughs> of course, and crazy people. so what? Are, I wanted to get stories out of you because you always have stories where um, being on a road trip going traveling, you've had to have some stories because you've oh done a lot. Yes, of that, so. actually,
4: now one just, dis- yes, I do, but okay, so let me think. Yeah, I mean, there were some questionable things that I escaped from. Like, high school, I remember playing in, like, a field hockey tournament mm-hmm. in Chico. And these 16-year-old high school girls drive by themselves up to Chico and stay, in, like, at some cheap motel on Halloween weekend, dressed, like, inappropriately... For 1992, right, and like partied and played. It's like my parents were like nobody. No, they, nobody cared. Yeah, like that. Keep in mind is your, the your parents grew up in the '60s too. Partying and, yeah. at like a fraternity party at 16, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, mom of the year. I got that for my people.
0: But <laughs> but that, we talked about your mom before. Oh she grew up God. in the '60s All in right, San Francisco. Nuts. So she's yeah.
4: nuts on that one. But okay, so I remember taking. A road trip. This is actually this was funny. This was like twenty something years ago. This is when I was with my ex husband at the mm-hmm. time, but we were I think just dating and so we were going on a, a bet ba- like a camping, we're going rock climbing and we were gonna go up north, okay. right? And I had never really been in a lot of places up there, I mean we're, whatever. So, you know So you do like
0: do you like camping at
4: all? I did back okay. then yeah. when I was young and like liked my whoever and so <laughs> but now you're now that. i'm like yeah. oh i've done that before yeah. i'm so glad i don't have to do that anymore i'm like now my idea of camping is like it's just a, like a motel six with bad sheet <laughs> account like what <laughs> oh that's roughing it yeah um so i remember like we had like the propane like little thing and yeah. i kind of had everything like planned out like meals and whatever and we're camping but then we keep driving so we go to it was my first experience in a walmart like this was 20 plus years <laughs> yeah. ago like there was walmarts we're not here no. either. and so we are in ukiah which explains a little bit for those of you that know if you know you know yep and so we go to this walmart and i there's a game that i like to play it's called what's their story and you play it in like dive bars mm-hmm. you play airports are pretty good and apparently, I learned that day that any Walmart is a place to play what's their story. Yeah. So, we would see people, and like my, Steve and I, I'm like, hey, that one right there. Like, we'd point out certain mm-hmm. people, couples, whatever. So, we're in line. First of all, was we're walking in, we see this dude. He's like got red hair. He's mm-hmm. got three darker darker-haired, maybe Latin kids with him. Okay. Don't look like they're his. Mm-hmm. He is not wearing a shirt. <laughs> Nor shoes, which right. I thought you need no shoes. Sho- Isn't yeah. that the whole point? No service, yeah. and I was that's why I said I look see if I go. Uh, don't they have like the no shirt, no shoes policy? He's no. like, um, yeah. If they enforce that, basically nobody would be in the store because <laughs> we're in Ukiah. Like, look around. Even here. the
0: greeters have no right. Shirt. Yeah. No shirt, no yeah. shoes. Yeah.
4: So that was like the intro to. The- so as we're leaving and we're in line, we play a speed round of what's their story, <laughs> and there was this woman who she was like an aging bartender slash maybe she was a dancer and I'm not talking jazz no. and ballet. Yeah. Um she had really she was probably she probably like she looked sixty. She had gray hair, permed long, like down her back, which was weird. It was like really long. And she um had on no, that was that was it. So this was the old lady and her husband. There's a lot
0: going on at Walmart yeah. that So this did. older
4: couple, yeah. I'm sorry, they're wearing like a I Love Wyoming sweatshirt that you buy somewhere, like bedazzled within an inch of its life. As you do. And they're just kind of in line, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what's her story? He's like, oh, retirement. They thought they were doing Florida, but it was way too expensive. So they've been, you know, going yeah. through. I'm like, oh, good point. So then we, they get to the woman who's like the stripper-ish looking, yeah. like total rock star hair. She's wearing like jean skirt freaking rose tattooed across her boobs. I'm sure there was a dolphin oh, and a trans transtamp and a dude's name. <laughs> yeah. And she's buying like a 60 pound bag of dog food as she, you know. And I'm like, oh, we're looking and so of course he's like, oh, you get that one. I'm all, all right. So like we're sitting there like <laughs> yeah. cracking our knuckles and we're like, all right, let's do this. Like I wish we had money on it. And I was like,
0: you um, need to create an app like the, the, <laughs> right. I go, my her story? name
4: is a, she's a Debbie or a Candy and she spells it with an I even though it wasn't on her birth certificate in the first place of that way. I'm like, yeah. she is a bartender or and she started dating this dude and he had a meth lab and she was helping him run it. So she moved here for him. Yeah. He went to jail. She stayed taking care of the dog in his trailer. Right. He's like, there you go. And there you go. You w-
0: winner, him. winner. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> it's winner, winner. And like, I yeah, what's your story? So, that was my. That was the best part you of kind. my. Yeah, was was the freaking WalMarts and the like. So that Wal-
0: that's the road trip, plane trip. What's the worst? Have you sat next to anyone that's been like oh my horrible, god, like
4: mouth breathers? Yeah. Oh my god, what is the worst? Um, I try, I tend to sleep on planes. Okay. I did sleep. And then, like, wake up and jump off a plane when I was in Spain and left my bag there.
0: Why? And then had it because I was just, so out of it, oh, I okay. forgot
4: that I I was actually I'm sorry I was in. So um, you left your carry on. I was on, in then. Germany okay. and then I flew to Spain where ah. my girlfriend was and I was like out of it and I forgot to grab my carry on above me and I was like holy crap and that is not fun when you don't speak the language or anything yeah. you know. But I did end up getting it and let's see on a plane what else have I had anything interesting on the plane I'm trying to think besides turbulence where I was like Woo, this is a good time.
0: Yeah, you've never had a near death like
4: no, yeah. and I don't. But I feel like I watch. I don't. Under, I like flying because I'm like you're gonna get there faster. Yeah. Like but I don't anything over three hours. And you can, hours, if you can I'm sleep not, on
0: a plane, then you're fine. Right. Yeah.
4: I can. I. I'm like the minute I get on a plane, half the time it's like they start doing though. Do this. I'm all, <laughs> yeah. I don't even because I never sit still. But right. There was this is not a. I have one other story okay. about my questionable choices. Um, this wasn't necessarily a road trip, but this was, and I don't know. This no, th- this, yeah. So I was in high school, my girlfriend had her license, I did not, it was my girlfriend's and it was like a Sunday night hmm? and we were going to go to like youth night at like The Edge or something stupid. Oh, I remember, yeah. So we drive her mom's Jaguar, because you know, whatever, and we're going up to Palo Alto. Yeah. And I'm in the backseat, Car- my girlfriend Carrie's driving and the other- and our friend in the Kendra's like, hey, why not? Why don't we just keep driving and go to San Francisco? <laughs> She's like, okay. Now, mind you, Carrie is a girl that would lie about everything to her mom, even if she didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll try to. So, so we go up there, and we're, like, driving around. We're done. We're, like, 15, 16. And we're going up a hill, and Kendra's like, oh, put it in low because you're going up a hill. So we go up, drive around, like, looking, whatever. So we go to drive home. Carrie never takes it out of low. Oh, God. And we're on the freeway, and we're like, she's like what's in? wrong with the car? Why is it, yeah. Right? is Why is it, like, you know, <laughs> not yeah. Yeah. So it starts kind of shaking. We're like, shit. We better pull over. Yeah. Mind you, and then it's kind of raining a little drizzly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man! And then she's like, "Holy crap! We're like, we're not close to home. You can't tell my mom. I can't tell my mom. Like, oh, we pulled Why are you past Palo Alto? Right. So we pull over. Let the car. We're like, let's let it cool off because we're geniuses. <laughs> and uh, so we're sitting there for a minute, and this is before cell phones. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, a car pulls up behind us, and some guy comes up and knocks on the this window. This is how horror which movies, flips yeah, flips us out. Yeah, and he was like, "Do you need a?" And then a hook, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Do you need to?" He had a cell phone, flip phone, <laughs> Miami Vice shit. Like, really? Yeah, and he-, he was like, "Nice." He walked out. You use my phone? Well, no, we're okay. I think we were just waiting, and it seemed like okay. Now it's not. Mm-hmm. So we go take off driving some more. We realized we had put it in low, so we were like, "Put it
3: back
0: in so drive." So we figured out you were in low.
4: Uh, like the- they were in the front. She's like, "Oh right. my god, it's still in low." Yeah. Like, whatever. So, then we drive a little bit further, thinking it's going to be okay. No, it's not okay. This is the part of the film where Morgan Freeman steps in. <laughs> and he goes, but it would not be okay. Right. <laughs> so, we go to pull over. Now it's kind of shaking. We go to pull over, and all of a sudden, woo, fireball. Oh, no. The... We're like, bah! we get out of the car and start running. Yeah. We're like, now we're totally screwed. But it was like a little fireball. So we're dumb, and we think that must have, it was like backfire. I don't know, whatever. Highway patrol pulls up. <laughs> and we're like explaining the situation to him. And the car starts, so he's like, okay, follow me off the freeway. follow, And yeah. we'll go to a, like a service station. Maybe we'll have to call you tow truck, whatever, because right. it was still running.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So we go, okay. So we follow him. And he must have got a call of sorts. And all of a sudden he's going, and we're still following him, but he's kind of driving a little fast. We end up following him down a side street. Ma- all these cop cars, like Mexican standoff. We're kind of, I think, Oaklandish. Oh no! <laughs> and we are like, holy shit! We hit the floor of her mom's car. Cops are like running by, going, "What the dude? What are you doing here? Oh, Get you're... out of here! Get out of here!" Like we're trying to. Keep, but we follow them into like a takedown. Oh, he was probably thinking, "Oh, whatever. This, this, whatever." He was going to precedent. Yeah. It's like these dumb white girls are still following me.
0: This is Lots Adventures in Babysitting. Gases, right? Yeah.
4: Gas station, tow truck, have to get a tow truck, have to tell, and we're like, Carrie's trying to think of a lie. Well, you just better tell your mom the truth, dude.
0: So she, you were, you did do Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, like, she
4: blew up her mom's Jaguar. Awesome. Talk about driving low. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we've done. Sorry, that was. No, that's uh, amazing. So, car, uh, mm-hmm. have you ever been on a train?
4: Um. Not the shame train, but that doesn't count. But <laughs> that's a bus. <laughs> And I used to take the bus to the mall as a the kid. The shame yeah. train. Kids these days have never been on a bus. It's really yeah. You know, it's really sad. And I then a boat. I... Boats. Yeah, I've been on boats, but
0: not bad. Bad. Boat. I
4: was on a sailboat once with my dad, where like it was so sideways. I remember holding on. You know, okay. somebody's scry- somebody's scry- <laughs> somebody's trying to flex over there. Yeah. Maybe not, you know. So, but as far as I would never was a big boater. Mm-hmm. Uh. I was always I'm I'm fearful of the water. There's something about it yeah. It freaks me out a little bit. Never I thought to myself.
0: So hey, air is fine. Water's air's bad. fine. Yeah.
4: Water is bad. Air is fine. Water anything where you might be trapped in a car or you know I watched movies. that's tra- I watched like it was called like blowout with yeah yeah Ulta. yeah yep. dude traumatized me. That in the alligator movie, no, no, swim. <laughs> no swimming. Yeah, so when we get start. there,
0: I've been giving us a list of movies, so I can, get, I can do a blowout oh, and
4: yeah. you know the alligator movie. Of course I do. Oh my god, yeah, it's scary. And the thing is, when you when you Google that one, the way that old movies were narrated, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. it's like you can't not love. It's like it was that in the dark. deep,
0: deep voice. Oh yeah. my god,
4: I got to watch that again. Have that you seen one. Piranha? Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's slugs. A Jaws. Have you
0: seen slugs? Of course. Yeah. Dude,
4: I remember seeing that in the movie or like mm. in the movie theater at the car at the rental place, car rental yeah. place. And it was like I'm like, how how do they catch them? Like they're
0: <laughs> fucking slugs. They did so they're all like, insects. So like there was ants, there was slugs, and then there was the slime. orca. There
4: wasn't that a slime or the blob?
0: The, the blob oh, of course. Ugh. Yeah.
4: So. But that's like the creep show one where they're like on that rafter. creep and
0: show? Like, you love creep? Show? I loved that one. Yeah. It was good.
4: But yeah. So, no boats, no no cruise ships, uh, Titanic, not doing it,
0: thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, Sarah, thank you. So you always come up with something. <sighs> <Yeah>. You're welcome. <laughs> if you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video in San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week, and closed on Wednesday and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.